Whether you operate one forklift or thousands, one location or hundreds, the new My Toyota customer portal can help you optimize your operation and material handling equipment. This one-stop, free-to-use platform is designed to help you take control of your information and make smarter decisions, all at the touch of a button. Register and access your data today at my.toyotaforklift.com. That's my.toyotaforklift.com. Hi, this is Todd Graves from Seagrid, and you're listening to the New Warehouse Podcast. And today's safety tip, material handling operations are some of the most dangerous jobs in warehouses. Automation can remove that risk and make your facility safer and more efficient because robots don't get tired or bored and they can't get injured. With e-commerce off the charts, many small and growing warehouses are asking, how can I get ahead when my warehouse is barely keeping up? The answer is future-ready warehouse tech from Zebra Technologies. Warehouses can simplify and upgrade all processes, from automated inventory management to hands-free picking, with Zebra's tailored, scalable mobile solutions. They're simple and intuitive. There's never been a better time to upgrade for success with Zebra. How can your warehouse get ahead? The answer's in black and white. Get the answers at zebra.com slash the answer. That's zebra.com slash the answer. Fulfillment demand continues to skyrocket and outpace available labor. To keep up, warehouse operators are turning to flexible fulfillment solutions like Six River Systems. Utilizing Six River Systems' award-winning combination of collaborative robots, artificial intelligence, and operational expertise will make your associates in wall-to-wall fulfillment workflow more efficient. No new infrastructure, no change to warehouse layout, easy to deploy and scale, easy to train and retain associates, all at half the cost of traditional automation. Want to take your fulfillment operation to the next level? Level? Go to www.sixriver.com to learn more. That's www.sixriver.com to learn more. The New Warehouse Podcast, hosted by Kevin Lawton, is your source for insights and ideas from the distribution, transportation, and logistics industry. A new episode every Monday morning brings you the latest from industry experts and thought leaders. And now, here's Kevin. Hey, it's Kevin Lawn with the New Warehouse Podcast, bringing you a new episode today. On today's episode, I will be joined by Todd Graves, who is the CTO at Seagrid. The last time we talked to Seagrid, we caught up with them at Promat DX, and we were talking about the things that they were showing off there and showcasing in the digital format. But today we're going to catch up with Todd, and we're going to talk to him about Seagrid a little more, but we're also going to talk to him about this recent launch of something called Blue Labs, which is pretty exciting. So he's going to tell us all about that, and he's the best one that can tell us, I'm sure, better than me. So uh, I'm going to welcome Todd to the show. So Todd, welcome. How are you? Thanks, Kevin. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Definitely happy to uh, have you on and, and to connect with you uh, for the first time here as well. So why don't you give us a little bit of maybe for people that are like not familiar with Seagrid, give us kind of a, a brief overview and then tell us a little bit too about, about what you do and your role as a CTO there. Sure. So Seagrid is the leader in autonomous mobile robots for material handling. Mm-hmm. We were founded in 2004 by Hans Moravec, a world-famous roboticist, been working on computer vision, 
for robotics since the 1970s. Secret is really the fruition of his vision, no pun intended, creating vision-based robots. We are today in customer operations. We have over 5 million vehicle miles driven in real-life customer operations with zero personnel safety incidents. So that's something... It's a focus of ours and we're very proud of. I joined Seagrid in March of this year as their chief technology officer. In that role, you know, I'm bringing in my experience from, from previous jobs leading engineering and product development to help the, the business continue to scale. We've been increasing revenue year over year profitably and you know, we want to take the, the next steps with our customers and continue to, to help them automate some of the most important operations in their facilities. All right, very interesting. And the, the zero safety incidents with personnel is, is a great thing to hear as well because I know there's a lot of sometimes some people in the industry that are skeptical about the robots and, you know, if there'll be a safety issue and, you know, what if they, you know, all of a sudden get a mind of their own and they want to just, you know run over everybody so it's good to hear that you know you guys have been doing it for for quite a while and and there's been no safety incidents so it means the technology is really solid and that you guys are thinking that all the way through as well so you mentioned you recently just joined in march this year so you know a couple months in so i'm curious you know what what really i guess what really attracted you to to seagrid and you know what what is the most exciting thing with seagrid kind of as you're as you're starting out here well, there's a lot of things that attracted me to Seagrid. It being an industry leader, the focus on safety and really creating products that are making a difference, literally saving lives, making op- some of the most dangerous operations in industry mm. um, safer. You know, a robot can't get hurt. Robots don't have turnover. They don't get fatigued. They don't get bored. Mm. Um, and that's the source of a lot of the of the safety issues in material handling. And then there's a there's a company culture at Seagrid that is is just phenomenal. I'm about a hundred days in. Okay. Um, it was clear to me as I was interviewing, but it's become even me- more clear that that I'm uh, blessed to be part of just a really really strong team. Mm-hmm. You know, and being able to come into a place that was founded by you know somebody as well known as Hans Moravec and and continue to put his vision into practice is I'm really fortunate to be in the position I'm in. And then finally, the, you know, the commitment to product development and engineering and that the business is continuing to invest in technology. And the recent launch of Blue Labs is just further evidence of that fact. Okay, interesting. Very cool. And, you know, it's great to hear about, about the culture as well, because, you know, it's always something that's, I think, from the warehouse side, too, is it's important to try and establish that culture. And I think, you know, if you have uh, solution providers that are have that strong culture as well, then you're able to kind of mesh well and, and when they come in and want to work with you and things of that nature. So it's really good to hear on that front. So so you mentioned the Blue Labs, which is the reason why we're here to talk. Right? Yes. So, so why don't you tell us a little bit about Blue Labs, which just recently launched. What is Blue Labs and, and what is the what is the goal there with Blue Labs? Yeah, so Blue, so Blue Labs is our internal advanced development and research and development group within engineering. Okay. This has been true at, at other companies I've worked at as well, that, you know, even when you're a highly innovative company, if you're doing 
your innovation and your research and development in the context of product development, oftentimes the most innovative aspects can get pushed aside by the urgency of the moment. There may be a customer issue. There may be a new product development that is having some schedule issues. And you tend to say, well, I can get back to that long range innovation later. I need to solve this more immediate problem. By creating a, a dedicated group that does nothing but research and development around our AMRs, it, it protects our investment in long-range product improvement. Mm. I've done this before at other companies. It, I think it's important to protect R&D. I was previously at General Electric, where I worked at their corporate research and development facility. Okay. It was actually the original corporate R&D lab founded you know, with the company when Thomas Edison started GE. And, and I saw the dividends that paid. And, and even a company that's, you know, so much smaller than GE, there are benefits to be had by, by focusing on research and development and putting dedicated resources. And in my mind, your best engineers, what I call your engineering athletes, into those organizations. Hmm. Very interesting. And so I'm curious, you know, what, I guess, prior to Blue Labs, what was the R&D situation i mean because it sounds like it was maybe and i think this is pretty it's pretty relatable i would say from like a warehouse perspective on the like process improvement side like you you mentioned you know you have people that are you know supposed to be doing like you know process improvement or in your case research and development but like you said there's there's an emergency or something a customer has an issue and you know you, you pull that resource and then all of a sudden you know, slowly that resource is not necessarily doing what they were actually supposed to be doing, right? So fortunately, you know, being a startup, um, Seagrid had a focus on research and development. I mean, right. they, were, they created a product from, from the ground up. But as you get out into, you know, customer operations, that's right. when those urgent issues can start to consume resources right. and take your focus away from long-term technology development. We still do a lot of technology development within the context of developing and launching products. Mm. Um, when we launched Blue Labs, we put it under the leadership of Brennan, Brennan Sellner, who actually is our second longest tenured engineer behind Hans Moravec. And my charter to Brennan was, you know, I want the team thinking three to five years out, which mm. For an industry moving as quickly as AMRs are, that, that's a lifetime. But I need, I need them thinking beyond the current, almost beyond the ter- current technology horizon. Right. I also told them, I almost expect the team to fail more often than they're successful. Mm. And I think that's important when you're doing advanced R&D that, you know, you use a sports metaphor, you're taking home run swings, you're not hitting singles. Okay. Um, and I want the team to be trying to do really, really hard things that have a huge payoff when we put them into products in the future. Yeah, I think that's awesome because, you know, it gives them then so much like almost kind of like creative freedom in their thinking. Like they don't necessarily have to have to play it safe. Right. Which is which is a great thing for innovation. And so uh, I'm curious, you know, as you look at this, the Blue Labs and, and the team that you've kind of uh, given the assignment to to build, you know, what types of experiences and backgrounds are, are the people that you're, you're building this team with coming from? So we have PhD level talent in the group, mm-hmm. but we have a bias toward what I call engineering athletes, which okay. are 
they may have some very deep technical expertise in an area of robotics or computer vision or mathematics, Mm. but they tend to be the kind of engineers or scientists who have a natural curiosity beyond their field of expertise. So for example, if, if they're running, running an experiment, they may lay out a printed circuit board, get it made. And you know what? They need some firmware to run on it. Well, they're just going to go figure it out and they're going to write the code themselves because that's Mm. the quickest way to get the experiment going. Kind of those natural tinkerers who, again, even though they've got some very particular expertise, they also tend to work in every part of the problem that's interesting to them. Hmm. Very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And I can imagine, you know, there's a, a huge amount of knowledge power going on there, which, which is a great thing for the industry. And so, you know, I'm curious, you know, you kind of mentioned in there that they're thinking three to five years out. So what do you really think? I guess let's, let's start with how do you picture like today's landscape within the automation robotics world within our uh, the material handling industry? So the, the, the landscape, at least in terms of the inputs that we can take advantage of, the sensors that we have available to us, mm-hmm. there's a rapid evolution happening. And so that's one of the reasons, you know, we set up a very flexible architecture in our robots so that even though our, at our core is a vision-based system, so we use cameras and math basically to create a very reliable navigation system. Mm-hmm. Since that original concept We've layered in 2D LiDARs and then 3D LiDARs. We use machine learning and artificial intelligence. We're now putting data analytics packages on our what we call our data exhaust to create additional insights for our customers. Okay. So, you know, if you look at our journey, we started with a, you know, a very particular way that we see the world and mm-hmm. turn that into reliable navigation. But as the world around us has developed additional sensor technologies that we can take advantage of. We integrate them into our system and fuse all that information together to make, you know, even further improvements to how our robots can operate. Blue Labs becomes a way to do rapid experimentation. If a new sensor technology comes out, whether it's in, you know, the AMR field or it's in some adjacent area, we can bring in that technology do benchtop experiments really quickly, see if it's going to pan out. And if so, then we put it into our product teams to get implemented into a product. We'll be back after a quick break. You hear a lot about supply chains these days, because if the past couple years have taught us anything, it's that an efficient, well-managed supply chain is absolutely critical to keeping businesses successful and consumers happy. I'm Will Haywood, and I host a podcast called All Business, No Boundaries, where we talk about supply chains, how they work, what happens when they don't, and the innovations that are redefining what's possible in the world of logistics. Join me for insightful interviews with thought leaders and industry experts. We discuss how optimizing supply chains can break down the barriers that are holding businesses back. That's All Business, No Boundaries by DHL Supply Chain. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Got it. Very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I think it's interesting, you know, all the technology that goes behind it and, you know, there's so much, uh, so much advancements happening and so many things to, you know, essentially move some boxes around. (laughs) Yeah. It's pretty complex, but I I think it's much needed, you know, especially with everything that's 
been going on in the industry and, and the environment with labor and like you mentioned you know the safety issues and and making some of those some of those tasks and jobs a lot safer to be happening as well i'm curious you know so we talked a little bit about the 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 current landscape but what do you see i mean i guess within that current landscape and in the space you know what what are some of like the the big holes or the big issues that are out there now that needs to be solved for robotics or that robotics could potentially solve within material handling warehousing industry well i i think you know there is a there's a core set of operations that are being automated today, but you know the vision in the future is the dark warehouse, right? Where right. it's it's completely automated from the loading dock, incoming loading dock to the outgoing loading dock. Mm-hmm. A lot of focus on interoperability and you know the software layer to pull it all together is is important for not only a company like Seagrid's Seagrid, but the you know collective industry to solve together. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think the interoperability thing is is a big thing, um, especially with, I guess, the release from Mass Robotics recently too, as well. And you know, when we talk about the Blue Labs and the, and the mission there, you know, we we're talking like you said, home run swings, right? And three to five years out. So, so in that, I guess, context, you know, what what really is, I guess, defined as a as a home run swing within the industry now, and and what do you think things will be looking like three to five years from now? So, I you know, I I I'd be reluctant to reveal what home run swings we're taking yeah, right now. No secrets. Um, no secrets. You, you'll get you'll get to see that one <laughs> the next press release. But, you know, an an example of a project I can talk about is, you know, we're working on, now this isn't three to five years out, but because we're in year one, we wanted also some quick wins. We're working on some advanced simulation techniques Mm. that will allow us to launch products more quickly in the future. So, you know, and, and it's, it's, if we can simulate a problem before we put pen to paper and start to design the solution in a robot, it allows us to expand our solution space and quickly evaluate a multitude of different solutions and then commit one to, to the design process. So we've got to focus on, on better simulation techniques so we can simulate our customer environment and then find a robotic solution for them. Okay, very interesting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think uh, that's it's pretty interesting because it's almost like you're you're trying to develop you know something that will help you to develop even further like uh, uh, down the road so it's right. uh, yeah it's pretty smart and pretty interesting stuff so you know i mean do you think you know you mentioned the the dark warehouses in there so i mean do you think that the dark warehouse is a realistic thing within you know the next 10 years or, or sooner you know 10, 10 years is a lifetime mm. in this industry and in, in you know particular in automation right you know, I, th- I think the dark warehouse is a, is a metaphor. There's always going to be human beings running the operation. Human beings are very good at, at dealing with, with unknown, unforeseen circumstances. And that happens in any kind of complex operation. Oh, yeah. And so really the automation is taking humans out of, out of the routine and putting them in jobs where, you know, their, their brain power, their, their mind power is, is most useful. So, 
you know, do I think we're ever going to have a literally dark warehouse? Mm -hmm. Probably not because of, of the complexity of, of our customers' operations. Mm. So I think, you know, what do you think then the, the future warehouse looks like? Is it like, you know, you just have a couple people working there or we go down from, you know, these uh, facilities that have a couple hundred people to, to just a couple people there kind of managing exceptions or what do, you, what do you think about that? No, I, I still think there's going to be a significant level of employment in warehouses and distribution and manufacturing, but the jobs will be, you know, more optimizing the material flow. Mm. Yes, dealing with exceptions. You know, there's a role for humans to continue to increase the efficiency of the operation. And then the, you know, the AMRs and, and AGVs become the operational arm of those improvements. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. I, I think it, it's interesting too, like the, the concept of, you know, the, these AMRs and AGVs and, and different robotics and automation coming into the space and I guess giving the, was giving the opportunity for some people to kind of elevate their, their job level because of, you know, this automation and now, you know, being able, being able to deal with that. So, I mean, how, how do you think the, industry is preparing or can prepare maybe from like a from a company or like one of your customers perspectives on how to how to train and ensure that they have the type of workforce in place that will be able to to handle these levels of technology and automation you know in the next couple of years well i i think a lot of it is incumbent on companies like seagrid mm -hmm. to to reduce the training load, right? We, we don't want anyone to have to be a roboticist to mm -hmm. run a fleet of robots in the operation. So, you know, we have a big focus on our human machine interface to make it easy and intuitive. Mm. What happens though is, you know, the, the, the people who have been in more traditional material handling jobs in the facility, they have a lot of expertise built up over years about how material should flow through the through the facility, whether it's manufacturing or distribution or, or a warehouse, they're going to be the ones who are going to, you know, interact with our system and find the best applications for the robots and, and, and work hand in hand with our software to optimize those operations. But, but I think, you know, we, we don't want to have to have a high degree of training for any operator to use our software. And that's been a big focus at, at Seagrid. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's good to hear. Cause I think, you know, it's, it's good to make it a, as simple as possible to help integrate and then, you know, also reduce the, I guess those initial frustration points when you're adopting new technology and, you know, make it easy and, and really integrate it into, into the operation and the flow of everything. So, so really, really interesting stuff. And, you know, I'm excited to see what, uh, the Blue Labs team is going to come up with and what some of these home run swings are and, you know, if the home runs are going to, you know, go way out of the park or, or what's going to happen. So so it's going to be very interesting to keep up with you guys at Seagrid over the next couple of years and even, you know, a couple months, it sounds like maybe with the mentions of, you know, how fast things are moving in the industry that you did there. So I so appreciate you coming on the show today and, and talking to me about this. How can people find out more information about Seagrid uh, and, and and find out more information about Blue Labs as well. Yes, yeah, thank you very much for having me on. And it's very easy to get in touch with us. Just go to www.secret.com. We have a pretty easy 
contact form and a chat bot to get you in touch with the right people. And as Blue Labs graduates or, or, or knocks the ball over the fence, we'll certainly be, we'll be putting information on our website and we'll come back and talk to you, Kevin, as well. All right. Sounds great. So thanks so much for your time today and thank you for uh, coming on the show. You've been listening to the New Warehouse Podcast with Kevin Lawton. Subscribe and check us out online at thenewwarehouse.com. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you want more content from The New Warehouse, check out our new video series called All Hands on LinkedIn. Just search for The New Warehouse on LinkedIn and follow along.